things that he's raising, interesting enough, some of the stuff that he's concerned about, they've been the very same issues that the United States has used to justify their injecting themselves in other nations' elections. Welcome once again, all you beautiful right-minded thinkers. This is Right All Week. I'm your host. My name is Dave. Thank you for choosing to check out this specific podcast. If you would like to engage on any of the usual social media networks while they're still available, the username is at Right All Week. If you want to send an email, you can do that to writeallweek at gmail.com. If you're watching on the YouTubes, if I'm still there, then please like, please subscribe, please share it with friends and family, and then, of course, let's include those on the audio platforms. Do the same if you would, please. I'd appreciate that very much. We do want to get more folks coalescing around these ideas, and then we also want to appeal to some folks who might not agree with us quite yet, and uh, more exposure is better for their sake and for ours. So today I want to address the state, the current state of things, right? We're hearing this is all the post-election, all of the drama, all of the fuss, and depending on uh, where you're getting your information from, and that's kind of what I'm inspired to do I'm realizing there are more people than I previously understood who actually do still get their information from mainstream legacy media sources. And I'm kind of a little bit surprised by that because, you know, the ratings are terrible. And I just wonder, well, how do they still get that engagement? But apparently that they do because I have a friend in a neighbor who recently said, hey, how do you feel about your new president? Check it out. Look, like Trump doesn't want to leave office. I'm like, I guess you don't actually know the story, which is really no surprise to me because... And fact check the video, folks. I guess we can just look forward to that, right? Uh, because they're not honest. Legacy media, mainstream media, whatever their media industrial Hollywood pedophile elite complex, right? They're, they're not interested in actually being honest. They don't want to tell you what's really happening. The fact that uh, Biden had some technically, whoever the, the decision desk and AP and some other folks were, uh, withdrawing their calling, saying, actually, we don't think that these states are really going to go this way, uh, which is interesting because it's not like we typically wait for certification to call those states, but that's something we just have learned to live with over the course of my lifetime. But, uh, you know, these people decided to withdraw their their calling or their projecting of those states, but all the mainstream regular media sources who typically rely on them for that specific source of information, well, they didn't go back and put that part out. They weren't interested in publishing that. The idea that right now we really don't know who has 270 uh, projected electoral college votes. I mean, that's another thing. <laughs> electoral college hasn't voted either, but we're basically saying this is what we expect based on the individual states' elections, right? So that's the information that's not being covered. Meanwhile, what are they actually saying? Well, they're saying things like, oh, Trump is losing his cases left and right. 25 cases, I don't know, 20-something cases are trying to say that all of these legal cases that Trump is fighting, well, he's losing them all. And that is, well, it's a bit misleading because Trump hasn't filed 20-something cases. Trump has filed three that's just it. There's only three cases that he's filed so far. So how did he lose 25 if he's only filed three? I don't know. That's some difficult math. I mean, I know that I'm just your average guy recovering from a brain injury, but I don't think that works. I don't think a guy who files three uh, cases can lose 25. But I guess we're talking about the same folks who believe that the least popular presidential candidate who couldn't get more than a dozen people in a room at a time is also going to get something close to like 80 million votes. And now he's more popular than Obama was in his landslide victory. But that's what they're saying. And in the meantime, uh, what's what's the truth? What's actually happening? Well, there, there are 25 court cases that happened and they would have been beneficial to President Trump. 
but they were not his. That'd be like me as an individual. This is kind of an example of what happened. I didn't do this, but basically individuals such as myself who would have gone and filed on behalf of myself and explained why I felt like as an individual voter that my rights had been infringed and I didn't get what I thought that I was entitled to under the law. And those are the kinds of decisions that are being made as saying to individuals who just happen to be friendly to Trump, they are losing their cases. It's not the same as saying Trump lost his cases. Now, of the three, there are two that are still going, and one of them, the Trump team decided they're just going to withdraw that on their own. And, oh, well, is that because there's nothing good there? No, it's not that at all. And I'm sure that they're going to find some way to come out and ridicule the fact that they did withdraw their case. But it's because there's the situation is changing on the ground. The certification of those votes and that has been removed. And the local law enforcement and the local authorities there, they're doing their own investigation to try to find out what's actually going on. So in the meantime... Trump's campaign lawyers are just waiting to see what's actually going to happen since we're just going to wait for the situation on the ground to, to find out what kind of results we can see. So that way, maybe they need to make another appeal or, or make a, another uh, a case. We don't know what they're actually going to have to do. It'd be kind of foolish to continue moving forward with what they were already doing while the situation is changing. So which just makes sense. Let's wait and see what the situation really is, and then we'll decide. So that's what's actually happening. Now, let's go ahead and split some hairs on some of the other cases that are actually being filed. I believe that the, the Rudy Giuliani approach that we've seen in his press conferences, what he's actually talking about, the issues that he would like to address, I think those have a very real chance of making a difference of some kind. I'll tell you what kind of a difference I expect in just a little bit. Compared to Sidney Powell, though, I'm not quite sure if we should expect anything to come from there. I know there's a bit of a fuss in the Twitter sphere today because some people are taking Tucker's side and saying he was more than appropriate to press for information and he's more than appropriate to say that she hasn't produced any and more than appropriate for him to say the truth matters more than party because you know what? Most of us actually agree with that. But there are some who are really all butthurt because they're like, hey, I thought this guy represented my party and now he's out there picking on somebody else who supposedly represents my man and so now they're a bit uh, frustrated about that. But rather than getting butt hurt and frustrated and fussing about what Tucker did or didn't do and whether or not it's true or isn't true, let's just be honest and say that the truth is more important and whether or not they actually prove anything is going to be the single most important part of their case. Speaking of Sidney Powell and whoever she has working with her. See, so if there is no proof for her to show now, not that she's required to, but the fact that she doesn't even want to talk about it, that just looks suspicious. I wouldn't think it's a good strategy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. Actually, I don't even think it's bold. I just think it's foolish. But I don't, And I don't think it's going to work. And that's the reason why I'm splitting the hairs. I do think Giuliani has a chance, though. Because he's going after things that make a whole lot more sense, questioning things about the fair practices and what was actually happening on the ground with respect to the, what the voters' experiences and how we handle the votes after the fact. He's not going after any of the techno-weirdo stuff. So uh, the things that he's raising, interesting enough, some of the stuff that he's concerned about, they've been the very same issues that the United States has used to justify their injecting themselves in other nations' elections. So I think that in and of itself 
merits a hearing. He should be able to present his case, and it should make a lot of sense that they would do that. Also, there's uh, we're not really just going to go on the Constitution rules or whether a state can or can't. We're going to go based on some things that are going to make sense comparatively. All right, me personally, hardcore originalist, hardcore constitutionalist, I want to be able to find it there, but sometimes precedent does make sense, even though I'm not my default position to go there. But my point is, we have both in this case, whichever one they want to rely on. So the main thing that they're going to be fighting for in this case is equal rights. And they're going to be looking at the fact that there should be due process and people should have their equal right to a vote. And if you have states, even though, yes, it's the state's responsibility to decide how they're going to meet their constitutional uh, requirement to host a, a vote in their, in their state, uh, they have to do it fairly. They have to do it equally. Everybody needs to have equal opportunity and ex have an expectation of equal treatment under the law. So if we have counties that are using different rules inside the same state to determine whether or not a vote is valid, well, now we don't actually have that. It's not equal. It's not, it's not being treated the same, quite literally. I mean, how else are you going to find another definition of equality? We treated this guy's vote different than we treated this guy's. This guy had more time to do his. This guy didn't get required to have a signature on his. You know what I see? So things like these. And in the times past, and it's not like this is new, okay? Uh, now I understand we've got a lot of people paying attention for the first time, and it seems like, well, this is the most dramatic election ever. That's not true, all right? We've had a lot of times in history where it's been contested, where it's been dramatic, where it took some time to work everything out. So let's not get distracted with what feels new to us just because we're out of touch with history. It's not new at all. In fact, the first time I ever paid attention to an election, it was 2000. I was voting for my first president that year. And then, well, that ended up becoming the, the famous Florida situation where we're counting the chads, the dangling chads, if you know what I'm talking about. See, it's actually much, much deeper than that. The problem was, uh, while a recount was required based on our law and the closeness, the, the how near it became, and there were some other factors too, like, you know, the, the media did what media does, right? And they tried to call the state, but if you know, if you live in Florida, or if you know your time zones, then yeah, there's parts of our panhandle that actually, they're in the other time, in the central time zone, not in the eastern time zone. So they're saying, based on the fact that the polls closed in the east, and they think that they know what's going on, and they're calling it for gore. Meanwhile, the hardcore red country up there in the panhandle hadn't finished voting yet. See, so kind of like an Arizona situation in 2020 happened in, 20, in 2000 with Florida. But then we're doing the recount because of the numbers, and then they're trying to decide, well, okay, it, it has to be punched all the way out, or can a dangling chad, as they call it, the piece that would be falling off the paper when we use the punch card, uh, can that be used to, to decide, to determine, well, who did he intend to vote for? Or what if it's just partial, partially punched, you know, just a little bit, it hasn't actually been punched all the way out? What if they had, as they called, a dimple? So the space that would normally be marked out, it's clear that the punch tool would have touched it. Is that enough? Or some other impression on that portion of the paper. And so now they're trying to figure out how can we determine for real who they intended to vote for. And what we ended up was with different counties using different criteria to make their vote counts. And Miami-Dade and Broward County became very hotly contested issues, areas, because they weren't counting the same as the rest of the state. And it went to the court, and the court said we had to do the uniformity. You have to do it equal. Everybody has to have their vote counted on based on the same criteria. That was the point. And then, why do we have to go back to court again? Well, because even after the court said, yes, you have to do it this way, 
They didn't actually do it. They, there were counties that were still disobeying, coming up with their own rules on the fly and making their own determinations of how, how the vote was rather than the uniform equal criteria. So then we actually had to go back to the court. Now, on the first time around, there was a 7-2 split, and the court was like, yes, definitely, because they wanted to honor the vote. When the second time around, well, it actually got split more along the lines of, we'll call it ideology, because some people wanted there to be another chance for another recount based on the equal criteria, whereas the other side of the party was like, y'all took too long. It's already been over a month. It's uh, the first week, two weeks into December, something like that, and it's time to be done. And they got those folks outvoted the other folks, and that's basically how it was resolved. But the idea, the primary thing that we're fighting for was equal criteria, equal treatment, uniformity, all votes get counted based on the same way. And we've got examples of lots of places now using different criteria for different people, which means that other voters are having their votes disenfranchised in favor of other voters, some of which... We, you know, you can get into the issues about which ballots should or shouldn't be counted uh, based on their own individual circumstances, you know, but the idea that the counties themselves change the rules, that in and of itself is a problem, and that's one of the main things that they're going after. Now, I said that I had a prediction. How do I think it's actually going to go? Because here's the truth of it. Once the, uh, the ballot comes in, when we're talking a lot about absentee ballots and mailing ballots, uh, once they get a hold of it, they can look at it and they can see, well, there's something wrong with it. And the cured, quote-unquote, cured ballots is one of the things that's causing us issues. Um, but once you've fixed it or you've taken it out of its uh, envelope, it goes into the big stack. And now, how do we pull those back out again? I know that the they already had an order from the ju court justice saying we needed to keep some separated. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure they disobeyed that, just like they disobeyed allowing people to walk in and, and actually observe. So they're already disobeying some things. So we're going to be in a position now where how do we provide some sort of a fix? What's the solution going to be? I don't think that Rudy Giuliani and his team's going to have a hard time proving, just like the George Bush team didn't have a hard time proving, there's unequal treatment under the law happening here. And there's precedent that was before Bush, and now you got Bush just add that to the precedent saying that we should be enforcing it, this equal treatment and this the letter of the law. But now I don't know how they're going to provide a solution. And I think that's probably one of the, the most deviously genius parts of whatever they did on the other side. If it was intentional, if it was a plan, if it was something they had schemed out for days or weeks in advance, whatever the case was, the fact that once it's in the stack, how do you get it back out? So how do they account for that? What's their solution going to be? So they don't need to prove not only that there's something there that was wrong that need to be treated, but now they also have to provide some sort of a recompense, some fix, a solution. How do we resolve it? And I don't know that we'll get that far, which is why I won't be surprised if we get decisions from the judges that say, yes, absolutely, the voting irregularities, those were real. The fraud, in fact, is also real. But do we have an, uh, some means, a method that we can use to determine that the vote really does need to be flip-flopped? And we can determine exactly how many of the votes were wrong, invalid, and what those who those votes went to. I don't know that there's going to be a solution that in the end, where we can say in all confidence, 
that Trump definitely won and Trump deserves to continue to be our president. As much as I would like that to happen, I don't know if they've got what they need in order to make that second half of the case to actually have the results changed. I think that's going to be the hardest part. So we'll come out with some sort of a requirement and all the states will have to fix their election systems. But the fact that this one already happened and we're already declaring, well, we're getting close to declaring Biden a winner. And I don't know what we'll need in order to change that specific outcome. So this is what we should pray for, of course. Uh, now, in the meantime, you could do what I'm doing right here, trying to share some of the info that the media won't share. Make sure that your friends and your family are informed, that they understand this is normal, that we do this all the time. President Gore thought he was president for 37 days, and then guess what? It was President Bush. So there's still the possibility that that could happen, but we definitely need to look at this as a clarion call, as a serious warning that we need to fix it so that stuff like this isn't even possible because there's very, very real likeliness that while we can prove something was wrong, we can't prove what the right fix is going to be. And that's my concern, and that's why I'm making this video to share with you guys. I hope that you finished it, that you enjoyed it, even though it's maybe not the best news out there. Uh, but I appreciate you watching, I hope you will share this content and that you'll come back for more. This is Right All Week, and my name is Dave, and this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>